I'm green. There we go. All right. Jonathan cut me off, I think. Uh, Horatio Spafford wrote that song, It Is Well With My Soul. Story behind the song, Horatio's son was killed uh, at the age of one or died at the age of one. And they went through the great Chicago fire, financially ruined because of that. And then as a set of circumstances, because of the fire and financially and all that stuff, they were moving, I guess, maybe to Europe. or some, For some reason, they were traveling over there. He sent his family on ahead, and his four daughters were killed in the, well, the, the ship sank, and all four of his daughters died. And through all those circumstances, God still ministered to his heart and was able to write the song that basically said what all of us as Christians in Jesus can say, and that is, it's well with my soul. And it's just a phenomenal testimony. And uh, even um, Charlie now, you know, in a relationship with Jesus, no matter what comes his way, no matter what comes our way, we can always sing and declare, it is well with my soul. It doesn't matter what happens this side of life. It's because Jesus is undergirding and holding me up. And so this morning, our Sweden team is going to come. They just got back uh, on Wednesday evening, and they're going to come and share with us their experience, what they saw over there working with uh, Eric and Anissa Haney and uh, the gospel and how after eight years now of them being there and working in that community, in that city, they're beginning to see some gospel fruits. So the people can be able to sing with us, it is well with my soul, and spend all of eternity with the Lord Jesus in heaven. So I want to invite Jewel and Gloria and Nick and Holly are already behind me, and so they're going to share with us this morning, and then I'll come back up toward the end and kind of sum everything up. good to be back with you and we've had a marvelous time uh, thank you church for the love of missions for the love that you have for to send people out to hear the good news about Jesus so thank you for your prayers thank you for your kind thoughts and always we felt your prayers we felt your prayers and we're very grateful to have had the opportunity I thought at my age I get to go to Sweden, and how am I going to keep up with these young people? But you know what? God is able. I was blessed tremendously with strength that I didn't know I had. So thank you all for letting us be there. And to come alongside Erica, 
Eric and Anissa, and those three wonderful children to encourage their hearts to see the work that is going on there, to be in worship with them last Sunday, to see what God is doing there. It was a blessing for, our, for us. We were encouraged, and we also uh, hope that our being with them encouraged them also. Because the good news is, to, is so important to share. And Gloria and I had, uh, well, first of all, their church has a, a day, one day a week, that they have um, a preschool meeting with the parents and the preschool children. And it's a wonderful program where they work with the children and uh, the gospel is at their little age is, is being taught. Uh, there was one mother there, her name is Lisa. She and I had a lot in common because she had undergone chemo and had lost her hair and her hair was just now coming back in. So when you've been through that, you can, you can meet with them and know where they are. So the opportunity to share the gospel uh, with her and she is seeking. She's hungry to know the Lord. She and her husband both are coming, or she is coming to the church there. So we'll continue to pray for her and her family and those sweet two children that she has. They're just great, great uh, opportunity to speak with her and to share what God had done for me through my bout with cancer and, and to give her encouragement of how he would be with her. So we will continue to pray for Lisa. And also we had, uh, Gloria and I, and we sort of were with the children uh, during the worship service and worked with the second grade and some older children. And we were able to give our testimony of how we had become Christians, how God had called us out, and how we became Christians and share our testimony with them. And the story that day was on Bartimaeus, the uh, blind beggar who called out to Jesus, have mercy on me. And Jesus gave him sight and also healed his spiritual condition because he was lost, so he came to Christ. So he was seeking, he, he came seeking Jesus. Jesus was there for him. So that story with uh, blind Bartimaeus, we know that people are spiritually dead and need, if they have not met Christ, they need to be seen. They need to seek, have the vision of Christ and what he can do in our life. So Bartimaeus not only had physical healing, but spiritual healing, and that's, that's a praise. So we were also able to share the gospel with the boys and girls, with the students, and going into the full gospel, how that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and how God sent Jesus to be the Savior and uh, all, all of the gospel, we were able to share that with the, with the students. And that was a blessing because we could see that they were listening. They were listening. So uh, following up with them, the, the team, the church there will follow up with them. So thank you again for my being able to go. Thank you. I just know that it's going to be great. That church is praying for revival, and we here want to be praying for revival also. So thank you. Okay, I'm going to try to get through this without crying today. Whew. It's, uh, it's been really emotional week. Um, I think if God taught me anything this past week, it's the power of prayer. I don't think I've ever been on a mission trip that we prayed so much. And um, I'm the kind of person that likes to get in the grind, and so I love going to countries where it's poverty and, and uh, things like that. And so it's a little harder when I go to a country that they don't really need our stuff. They need Jesus and just Jesus. And so it's always difficult for me to go to those countries, but... This past week, I learned that in those types of places, that the power of prayer is so important. And I remember the first mission trip we went on, they said we were going to do some prayer walking. And I said, 
Okay, I don't know what prayer walking is. It sounds kind of scary. So um, I learned that really it was just what it said. We walk and we pray. We pray quietly and we pray out loud. We pray for whatever is in front of our face, whatever's around us, whatever God lays on our heart. And so I learned from the time we started in Venezuela all the way up to now about prayer walking and even doing so as I go on my walk. I'm a walker, so I go out walking and I prayer walk through the neighborhood. And we did a lot of prayer walking this week. We prayed over that city. We prayed uh, everything we did, we did intentional. And I think that was the thing that was so important, that everything we do in our life needs to be intentional. We do it because God has set before us what to do. He gives us the plan and he sets it before us. And so we do it intentionally. So when we pray, we should pray intentionally by name, specifics, people, places, things in our life, and not just lift up uh, a general prayer. There's lots of times we lift up popcorn prayers, like when we make it through the light, we were running late. But we need to pray intentional. Um, we did a lot of street ministry there. Uh, they have something called fika, and it was perfect for me because that means coffee. So I love coffee and I love fika. So it was a great city to go to. Um, a lot of coffee houses. And so a lot of times what they do is they meet these people where they are and they disciple them in these coffee houses. Some of you know Eric and Anissa well and some of you don't. But their platform over in Sweden is music, as you saw some of that earlier. And so they have a platform called Stockholm Groove. And uh, Holly and Nick got to spend some time there. And it basically it's a little basement of a restaurant. And they have set up an, um, a concept where people get to come and they get to play their music. And others get to listen and enjoy it. And Eric and Anissa get to meet them and get to know them. And then they disciple them. Um, and then they get to share the gospel with them. They don't know they're coming to hear about Jesus, but they get to come and hear about their music and others. And so every time that that goes on, there's typically someone there uh, who's a believer who actually plays some type of Christian song and so forth. So that, that's their platform, and that's what they use in Sweden. Um, one of the things that we have a prayer, a ladies' prayer group here on Tuesday morning that meets, and we also have a prayer group that meets here on Wednesday nights. I think that probably over the last couple of years, those prayers and that prayer time has been the most important thing in my life. I have seen through God's hands when I pray and what I pray for, he is listening and he cares about us. Um, one of the things that happened this week, and I, I think when, you, when you're praying, let me start with this, when you're praying, and you're reading God's word every day, and you're praying with him all day long throughout the day, sharing with him, telling him what's on your heart, allowing him to speak into your heart and speak into my heart. I think we know when God is telling us something. People say, well, how do I know? How do I know what God is saying to me? If you're in his word and you're praying every day, you know what he's saying to you. A little funny story that happened to me. Um, some of you know I'm a stylist. And so uh, wherever I go, I usually have scissors with me. And so, uh, no, I'm not cutting any hair this morning. But um, I took them because usually when I go somewhere, the missionary needs a haircut or a color or something. So I took them over there, and um, I didn't have a chance to use them. Nissa had already gotten some things done, so we really didn't do any of that. But the last day, um, and this is how I know God is always listening and talking to us, the last day she came over, and we were getting ready to head out to the, um, meet the taxi. We had probably been about 30 minutes. And she says to me, do you have your scissors? And I said, um, well, I, yeah. And this little part of my body's going, oh, man, I got to pull the scissors out. This is, uh, you know, that, that human side of us is coming out. And I said, yeah, I do. I'll pull. No, 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 it's okay. It's okay. So uh, don't worry about it. And and so that human side of me is like kind of putting up the walls there. And I know in my heart I need to rip those scissors out and give her a little bang trim. So I didn't. And um, it was good. It was okay. And uh, so we get to the airport and we check in. And we had uh, two check-in bags. And so anytime you're checking in anything you're concerned about, you put it in the check-in bag, right? 
So all the stuff is in the check-in bag. Everything goes through. We get to the security gate, and I have this suitcase literally that's about this size because I'm just I'm learning to be a good packer traveling. And so the suitcase goes through there, and the guy says, is this your bag? And I said, yes, it is. And I'm thinking, there's nothing in this bag but clothes, nothing. And so he pulls it to the side, and he starts going through my clothes, and he pulls out this bag, and it's scissors and razors, and I'm going, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I'm thinking my $200 pair of scissors are gone and my razor and all that. And he looked at them. He put them back. He looked at my razor, and he goes, can you take this blade out? And I said, yes, yes, <laughs> get the blade out. And um, he put it back, and I went on. And I didn't think anything about that until I got on the airplane and I was thinking about it and I thought, you know, God was saying to me, hey, Gloria, you got that stuff in that bag. You need to get it out. You need to get that out of there. And I know it sounds really silly, but that's what God does in our life. He talks to us just like that, that simple, that easy. But sometimes we don't always recognize it. And I was rebelling. Had I just ripped open that suitcase, I'd have been going, Where's my scissors? Where's my scissors? And I'd have been looking, and I'd have put them in the right place. So God is always, all the time, showing us that, all the time. And we just need to be eyes open, reading his word and praying all the time so that we can do that. So the last day was probably my favorite, favorite day. Um, I did get to get in the trenches a little bit. And we went to a total different area that wasn't really in the city. It was way out north. I think it was north this week. And... Um, it was kind of strange. It was an area where you, it was a center, a big courtyard center. And on one side of it, it's where a lot of the um, immigrants and refugees come in. So a lot of the businesses were leaning toward that kind of culture. And then on the other side, you had this huge mega mall, like you would see in a, a city like Sweden or Spain. And so we met the church planters there. There were some church planters there. And we met them, and they set up FICA. Always got to have FICA. We need to set up FICA out here on Saturday morning so we can talk to people. So that's in my plan. So set up FICA because you want to give them something, give them a cup of coffee, and then you ask them, is there something I can pray for you about? Is there something on your heart? Is there something in your family? We, we love to pray. Can we pray for you? And that's what we did all week long. And so Jewel and I, because we love to pray, we began to pace and up and down and pray along the way. And so we, we kind of mosey. We kind of look like we're not praying because we look like we're looking at stuff as we're praying. And so we had an opportunity. This guy comes out, and he's from either Syria or somewhere because we're on the refugee kind of side. And he says, come, come, come in. And we're like, okay. So we go in, and he's got all these samples. And he says, you know, try this. And we tried it. And I said, oh, that's so good. And again, he says, try this. And we tried that. And I'm thinking, at this point, we need to buy something from this guy. He is, like, really nice. And so I began in my normal cultural person, like, trying to be nice and spend money and buy something. And I said, we, we, we want to buy something. And he goes, mm, no, no, no. He goes, just no. And I said, no, we really want to buy something. And he goes, no, no. So I looked, and he, he said, I said, well, we're, you know, visiting from the U.S., and we want to take something home. He walks out from behind the counter. He proceeds to tell us it's Ramadan, of course, and they have all these special things laid out. And he goes, this is my Ramadan stuff in my store. Any other time, it's different. So he comes out from behind the counter, and he goes and gets a box, and it's about that big. And he hands one to me, and he hands one to Jewel, and he says, for you. And I said, oh, no, 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 we can't take this. He goes, no, it's for you. And he gives this to us. And it's just so heartfelt. And so we look at him and we ask him, you know, this is so kind. And can we, can we pray for you? We're out walking and just seeing the area and we like to pray. Can we pray something for you? And we did. We stopped and we prayed with him. And, and just the kindness there. And, and of course, uh, he's, I guess, Islam, I guess. And, I, of course, a lot of times when we close in our prayers, we say, in the name of Jesus. And I said, in the name of Jesus. And I went, Okay, so we just prayed in the name of Jesus. That's good. So, but we had a great time. We walked down the street. We got to pray. I walked into a hair salon, got to meet a lady in there, got to pray with her. 
Jewel and I found. And then we go over to the mall. We found a bath and body. We're like, man, bath and body. So, whoo, it's their stuff. So we go in there and we're buying some, some things. And so we got ready to leave and we got the ladies' names and we looked at them. And it's kind of weird in Sweden, like, because I guess it's so dark, they kind of told us that when we pray with people, just kind of just like talk to them. Don't close your eyes and stuff because they're like, what in the world? These crazy people. So you just pray with your eyes open. That was a real um, encounter. So I asked them, I said, you know, we're out here today from the U.S. and we just love people and we love to pray. Is there something we can pray for you about? And they were like, okay. And so we stopped right there in their store in a bath and body in Sweden and we prayed. And it was so cool to be able to do that. And I thought, I'm in this foreign country doing something that I can do in my home every single day. We just need to be more intentional about it. Everywhere we go, in the Walmart store, in the McDonald's, there's somebody hurting somewhere every day that needs an intentional prayer from us, somebody. So that was pretty cool. That was my favorite day and getting to do that. And so I'm going to be looking about how to set up FICA. I don't know where, but we're going to set up FICA somewhere. Uh, So I say that, and I think you're going to see it in a short. Um, We're going to be doing something very soon here in July. And you've been hearing about it um, a little bit here and there, and you're going to see a video shortly. We have an opportunity this summer to go to Ann Arbor, Michigan. That's not very far away. It's really close. And it's a chance to do exactly what we did in Sweden this past week. And we get to walk, and we get to see, and we get to pray, and we get to see how uh, God is working there. You've met the church planter. He's been here. He's asking us to come. I'm going to ask you to pray about it. But we need to know very soon if you can give yourself of that week to go with us to Ann Arbor. This is something that it's hard to go to Sweden. It's hard to go to Barcelona and India and some of the other places we've been. Um, But it's not so hard to get in the van and and, uh, take a little time off and and go spend some time with some other people. If you have never been on missions before, I don't care whether it's, I mean, we've done missions here in the community or in Norfolk or Ann Arbor. If you've never done missions before, it is life-changing, life-changing. And I know missions is not for everybody. I get that. As Joel already said, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your money. Thank you for giving and doing what you do because that's a big part of missions as well. And so, but if you've never had an opportunity to go and you really want to see how God can change your life, think about setting aside that time. We're going to have a sign-up sheet up here this week, this morning, and I'm going to be up front here when the service is over. Um, love to be able to share a little bit more with you um, and get to uh, and, and get a team together. I'd like to see 10 or 12 of us go to Ann Arbor this, this July and help this pastor do what he's trying to do so hard, and that's to share the gospel with a large city that's lost. Um, one other thing, I want you to, a lot of people think I'm an extrovert. Okay, I am. But Even as an extrovert, it's really, really hard to stand up here. It's really, really hard to go to foreign countries. It's really hard to stop at the Walmart and the counter and say, you seem like you're having a really rough day today. Can I pray with you? I mean, I can talk to that wall, but it's hard to do those things. But that's what God's called us to do. He's told us to do this and to be obedient to do it. We have to do it. We don't have a choice we got to get out of our comfort zone. And so even as an extrovert, I can imagine how hard it is when you're an introvert. But as an extrovert, it's still hard. It still is trying to find that, that, that word. How do I get in there? How do I have that spiritual conversation? And so a lot of times it's simply just saying to someone, hi, my name is Gloria. Um, you look like you're having a bad day today. Looks like things are going bad. I love to pray. Is there something I can pray for you about today? And people will usually say yes, just like James said. They won't come unless we invite them. There's people out there every day waiting for someone to invite them to church. Your neighbors, your friends are waiting for you to invite them. They want to come. They want your prayers. So it's up to us to be able to give them that. Um, 
I was going to have you guys do a little something out of your comfort zone, but I'll be nice and won't have you do that. But it is when you meet someone, don't be afraid to say hello. Don't be afraid to stop and give them two minutes, three minutes, five minutes of your time. I think the one thing I learned in Sweden was that when Eric was out and people would talk and he would get engaged in a conversation, he would listen and stand there as long as it took to be able to hear the heart of that person and to pray with that person. So I cannot tell you how powerful prayer is and how powerful it was to me that this past week. I love prayer and I love praying, but that was like, that just really hit me really hard this week. And I'm going to be very intentional, I hope, with the, with the grace of God to be prayer, more prayerful in my walk every day with people wherever I go. So I close with this. It's Galatians 6, 9, and it said, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, I'm so grateful, so grateful that you knew me before. I was born when I was in my mother's womb. You knew me, Lord, and I'm so grateful. God, I pray for Red Lane Baptist Church. I pray, Lord, that whatever we do, that we would be intentional, we would be prayerful, and that we would not fall short, and we would not grow weary of doing good for you, that we would not give up, that we would hold to what we know is true, and that we would do it in the name of Jesus. God, let us go forth. Let us... Send out, Lord, the workers, for we know they are few, but the harvest is plenty. So, God, I just pray that you would use us in a mighty way, that all the words that are said here today, Lord, of you and not of our own doing, thank you, Jesus, for who you are and how you work in our lives individually. In the name of Jesus, amen. fix that. Um, thank you for letting me go on this trip. My goodness. Uh, this was my very first time out of the country. This was my first time to be away from my kids for more than four days. And this was my first time on an, obviously on an away mission trip. I've done local missions. So it was a lot of firsts for me. And, um, I really just went went into it with an open mind and an open heart. And Nick was reading, you know, oh, in Sweden they do this and they believe this and blah, blah, blah. And I intentionally didn't want to know anything because I just wanted to take it for what it was and just encounter every day fresh. Um, I, didn't, I did not know Eric and Anissa. We did have a chance to uh, meet them over FaceTime. Thank goodness for technology. So we met with them uh, FaceTime before we went. And um, I just remember Eric saying, don't come over here and feel like you may just walk around and harvest. And a thousand people are going to come to Jesus. Because that's kind of not where we are right now. Uh, we're, we're still in the picking the rocks out of the soil phase. We're not even, you know, we're, it, we praise the Lord and we get to plant a seed, but this may not be the mission trip that you're used to. And so I just kind of thought, okay, don't really know what that looks like, but I'm okay, here we go. So we get over there and um, we get this um, training meeting. And one of the slides says, the Swedish people are very closed off. They kind of keep to themselves. They're very private people. And I'm thinking, yeah, it's probably hard to share the gospel with people that don't want to talk to you. So right after that, they said, let's go prayer walking. And I'm like, Gloria, I don't know what that is, but okay, I'm going to do it now. And so we go out there, and we're walking past these people, and they don't look at you. They won't make eye contact. They're not smiling. It's like they have scales over their eyes. It is dark. And it broke my heart for these people. Gloria was talking about that one day we got to go. It was actually south. It was the area they referred to as the slums. And there's a lot of refugees there and um, people that have immigrated because of war. 
And we were just talking, we got off the train, and I literally said, this feels very heavy and oppressive. And Anissa said, we've taken another group here before, and that was the exact same description that they gave. You could just feel a weightiness and the darkness and the evil, and it was just sad. You just see people walking all over the place, almost aimlessly. So we're serving coffee, and this man comes walking past our table. He kind of stops, and he turns and comes back, and Nick says, would you like some coffee? And he gets his little cup, and he's like, okay. So he literally gets like this much coffee. I think he was just trying to be gracious. He kind of stood there for a minute like, do I want to say something? And he just said, God bless you. And I said, thank you. God bless you. And he said, I love what you're doing here. I, too, am a believer. And I said, that's great. He said, I came from Syria, and I have Jesus, and he saved me. And he said, there's so much war, and there's so much hate. And he said, I don't understand why we have so many different churches fighting. He said, I wish we had one big church, and we call it the Church of Jesus, because that's who we serve. And without Jesus, we have no hope. I said, you're right. And he said, I have depression. And I said, I have depression too. And he said, I've struggled for 20 years. And I said, so have I. And he said, people don't understand. My family tells me you need to try harder. You need to pray more. He said, I leave this country and I feel a little better. But he said, I come back here and I feel overwhelmed. It is so heavy and dark here. He said, I just want to die. He said, that makes me feel like I'm a bad Christian. And I said, what is your name? He said, my name is Naeem. I said, Naeem, that does not make you a bad Christian. I said, Jesus loves you. He said, but I'm afraid of my sin. I'm afraid that I may not know him because I still sin. I might see a woman and have a thought I didn't want to have. That's his orthodox upbringing coming out. And I said, Lane, that doesn't make you a bad Christian. And that doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't love you. I said, that fear is not from Jesus. That fear is from the devil. I said, Bible tells us that perfect love casts out all fear and that because of Jesus, we don't have the spirit of fear. but We have the spirit of life and of a sound mind. And so I said, can I pray with you? He said, yes. And so I just hugged him and he hugged me back so hard. I thought, I, I can't breathe, but I could just feel the hurt. And I just started praying for him and praying for peace in his heart and for God to take away the fear and lift the veil from his eyes and the weight and the heaviness. And I could feel his tears streaming down my neck as I was praying. And he said, I've never had anyone pray for me like that before. He said, thank you so much. This is a gift for me, and you don't know what it means. And I said, I do know what it means. And I said, I'm going to keep praying for you. And he said, you would do that? And I said, it would be my privilege to get to do that. He said, are you on Facebook? And I said, yes, I am. And he said, let me write my name down, and I'll show you my, that's Naeem right there. He said, I show you my picture. You find me on Facebook. I said, okay. So I left my phone behind in the States. And when we got home, I found him on Facebook, and I sent him a friend request, and he accepted. And I said, Naeem, 
I have not forgotten you, and I am still praying for you. And he just was blown away, and he said, my heart longs to see you again. And I said, if I don't see you again on this side, I will see you again in heaven. And so pray for the people like Naeem. It's very dark and heavy over there. Satan is at work. Satan is at work here. He's very cunning. But it's a different um, it's a different thing over there. We were one night at a music festival, and Anissa had been feeling that she needed to pray for a person that was going to be at the festival at work there. And uh, she got there, and the woman had a black eye. And she said, are you okay? What happened? And she said, they just found I have a tumor, and they removed it, and I'm waiting to see if it's cancer. And she said, you know, is it, I'm gonna, can I pray for you? Let's talk about this. And she said, you know, over the last several days since this has happened, I keep hearing people talk about praying and being a believer. And I feel in my heart that maybe I need to be a believer too. And Anissa said, let's talk about Jesus. Let me tell you about him. So she pulled her off to the side and they were having a conversation. And a man from the band who had no part of this conversation whatsoever, walked right up to them. They were sitting in a quiet corner, and he just said in English, don't get saved. Don't get saved. And Anissa said she felt like she was being choked at that moment. She said it was, it was obviously the devil. And the woman just closed like that and turned around and walked away. And those are the things that they're facing over there. But I don't want to leave you thinking that that's all that's happening because they've been working so hard. They have so many irons in the fire and they're burning candles at more ends than I knew that they had. But a man in the church came up to Anissa in January and said, God told me he wants you to know that he still sees you and he sees the work you're doing and a harvest is coming. And within the last two months, they've had six people come to Christ. It's just unbelievable. And we've heard, we heard stories more than once of things that went like this. I don't even know how I ended up at this church, but I need to know about this Jesus. I don't know how I got here. I was leaving work, and I just showed up, and here I am. But I need to know Jesus. The Holy Spirit is alive and well. He's got the devil on the run. And prayer is a powerful, powerful thing, like Gloria said. Thank you for the opportunity to go. The last thing that Eric said before we left, we had a time of prayer. And he said, please, please don't forget us. Please don't let the people of Red Lane forget about us over here. Please help them to remember. Go back and tell them the stories and tell them what God is doing and how he's working. And please remind them of us over here that they can pray for us and that they will lift us up because they are so tired. They are so tired. So I just wanted to share this one verse, and then I'll, I'll stop talking. But it's Psalm, and it's 9-1, and it says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. So please don't forget. Thank you. I had a lot I was going to say, but I really feel uh, in my spirit that they, they said everything that needed to be said um, this morning. The power of prayer. Uh, the power of, of the name of Jesus and what it can do to a life. And um, I wanted to I wanted to talk just a moment about what it means to be a worker. Um, I had the privilege, and I, I'm, I say that privilege, to serve with these three godly women. If you want to know what a godly servant looks like, and we have many out here, but here's three right here. I mean, it, it was a joy um, to watch Gloria fix Jules' hair every morning. I loved watching that. Every day I'd come in and, 
And that's what she was doing. She was serving. And Joel's hair looked beautiful every morning. Um, but that's who they are. One of the things that we were praying, even before we went on this trip, God, give us that one person. Give us that one person. And I can tell you without a doubt, Joel had an encounter with a woman who had cancer and chemo. And that strikes you, done it, Heidi. And so people that go through those experiences together can reach and love on one another. Gloria met a, a hairstylist and was able to encourage her because her son, am I right, her son was, was so far away and, and was into to drugs or something like that. And divine appointments, Gloria walked into that, was able to minister to her, to pray with her. And then the very last day, Holly was able to connect with Naeem, uh, a man who had depression, was able to encourage him and love uh, on him. And I had my one. Let me tell you quickly about what that ha Before we even got on our prayer walk, we were in the bottom basement of that uh, cafe string is what it's called. It's where they have Stockholm's Groove. And, uh, and I just, the Holy Spirit laid on my heart. We had two, two people sitting right behind us, and I just felt we need to pray for them before we even start walking. So before your prayer walk even begins, God may put someone in your path right then. And that's exactly what happened. This, this man, I walked up to him. His name was Joel. We started talking. Um, I shared a little bit of my testimony. And uh, what the connection that we had is I told him I, at one point in my life, struggled with alcohol. And he said I had been 12 years sober. And so the connection that I had with that man right then um, was just amazing to be able to share my faith with him. But then what's cool about that story is he has connected with Eric and they are going to have Fika at some point, and he wants to know more about this Jesus. And so um, this is what God laid on my heart and my challenge to you, my challenge for myself every single day, and it's found in the book of Matthew. And it's so funny how God works, but Gloria stole some of my thunder. She usually does that, doesn't she, Joe? But in Matthew chapter 9, and Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, for, because they were har harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. The power of prayer, as it says in this verse, pray to the Lord of the harvest. Are we praying to the Lord of the harvest for Powhatan. That was one thing that stuck out to me being in Stockholm, Sweden, and what God is doing there. And like Jeremiah has, I am crying for my city today. The people of Powhatan need to hear about Jesus. And so we've got to pray. Number one, we've got to pray to the Lord of the harvest. We've got to pray for this city and have a burden for people and to see people the way that Jesus sees people. That person that you come in contact with at the grocery store may need to, to hear the gospel at that moment. How dare us to ever walk by people when the Holy Spirit lays it on our heart? Who are we to, um, to wrestle with that? When God has called us, we should go and we should tell people and we should pray. As Gloria said, there's a harvest going on right now in Sweden. There's a lot of amazing things happening but I truly believe there are amazing things in store for Powhatan and Red Lane Baptist Church. And because I believe that so strongly, we've got to hold each other accountable. We have to be the people who are praying for this city. We have to be the people who are willing to go to the ends of the earth to proclaim the gospel. This breaks my heart in chapter, or verse 37. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. The laborers are few. Why is that? We go to Stockholm and we see Eric and Anissa, and they are, they are just amazing people, if you don't know them. Um, but we had some of the most amazing prayer times together to pray for encounters with people to pray specifically for people in Stockholm. My challenge for you, church, is for us to pray specifically 
for people that you come in contact with. Don't just, don't just tell people, I'll pray for you, and then walk away. God gave you that moment to pray then. So let's do that. But why are there so few laborers? This may be pretty frank, but for too long, I believe the church has become a country club instead of a conduit for the Holy Spirit to engage in our life to spread throughout this city. It's time for us to wake up, church, and we have to pray that we will go out and be the laborers. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. The second point of this verse that I just want to encourage you with today is God is sending people. God is sending people, and and as Gloria mentioned, we have an opportunity to go to Ann Arbor, Michigan. Don't be afraid. God will equip you to go. Put your yes on the table. Pray about it. If he calls you to go to India or Barcelona, don't be afraid. Do you realize that before Holly was able to go on this trip, all of her finances were paid for? All of them. God always provides. Pastor James has said this many times. He's never gone on a mission trip where those who are called were not also um, supplied with the funds to go. Don't let money ever keep you from going on a mission trip. Don't let fear keep you from being sent out. As I've said before, these ladies are women of prayer. Every single morning, and this is how I I think, I I would love to just designate myself as a, I'll I'll be a lady at 9 o'clock on Tuesdays because it is palpable when you walk into that room. Am I right? I mean, you can feel that they have been in the presence of God when they pray. Every single morning, we sat around after Joel got her hair did. uh, We would sit around, and we would either read from Open Window or what was the other one? Our Daily Bread. Joel had those, and she had already read them. We would read those out, and we would encourage one another, and then we would get and hold on to the throne of God in prayer. And let me tell you this, church, we were not just praying for Stockholm. We were praying for you. That's what it is to be the church, people on our knees in prayer. The harvest is plentiful, church. Will you be a laborer? Will you be a laborer? Let me pray for you. In the name of Jesus, I just thank you for allowing us to go, for your protection over us as we were on a plane for many hours. Lord, there were so many things that could have happened, and they did not, and we praise you for that. I thank you for my brother and sister, Eric and Anissa, and their sweet boys. I thank you for the ministry that they have in Stockholm and and how we were just privileged to come alongside them to help, to serve, and to encourage them. God, would you give them strength today? Give them an outpouring of your Holy Spirit so that they will, Lord, that they would have the strength to keep going. For the encounters that they have every day, God, would you just give them the words Father, I thank you for these three that were able to go with me to Sweden. What a blessing they are. Lord, what a a blessing that they are to this church. But Father, we have so many more laborers in this congregation, and I thank you for each of them. I thank you for those who pray every day for the harvest. I thank you for those who are sharing the gospel without fear. May we be more like them. Our days are numbered. And Father, I don't want anyone to perish. I want people to know your son, Jesus. 
I desperately pray for our our community in Powhatan. And Father, that every single day are days of divine appointments. Help us not to lose sight of that, to make the most of every opportunity. Father, would you move in and through us today? Change our hearts. Forgive us of sin. Cleanse us of all unrighteousness that we may be used, Lord. That you would take away our pride and humility, Lord, that we would just see you high and lifted up. Father, as we move into a time of invitation, I pray, Father, that your spirit would move. I pray, Father, that there's even one person here today that does not know you as their Lord and Savior. Oh, God, that today would be their day of salvation, that they would not say no any longer. Father, we were so encouraged by Charlie this morning. If there's someone here today that is just waiting, they have, they have trusted in you, but they have not moved to baptism, I pray that today would be a day that they would just be encouraged by Charlie's testimony. Father, as this song says, we need you. Oh, we need you. Every hour. You are our one defense and our righteousness. God, we need you. All these things I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I've been sitting for a while, so when you stand to your feet, and uh, this is going to be a time of response. We're just going to sing a couple verses. This morning, you've seen the gospel displayed in baptism, so it's just great. Maybe this morning you've been awakened to the reality that the greatest need in your life is your relationship. Red Lane and be a part of this church family. Maybe it's, uh, I, I need to pray more. I need to learn how to pray more. I want to